0: This is the Jesus Habit Podcast, where we're using scripture and science to make your new nature in Christ, second nature. Episode 23 for Friday, October 4th, 2019. (laughs) The Big Idea To become someone whose actions line up with faith in Jesus' calling, I need to be with comrades who echo the same calling. Our weekly identity statement, I intentionally surround myself with and daily encourage comrades in the calling. In our memory verse, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. We want to move beyond the milk to the solid food. We want to leave behind the elemental teaching about Christ and start to move forward. Well, what is that? Well, it's not easy. Especially when we've been drinking from a false theology for generations. The author of Hebrews was talking about how some Jews were returning to the Old Covenant. They were going back to the rituals they knew before. Why? Probably because they were easier and they wouldn't be persecuted as much. But that's not all. He also talks about the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. Those are incredibly important things, but the author says they are elemental. They are foundational, but there is more than that. Do you want more? Are you sure? You do? Okay, well, here we go. Hebrews 6, 4-8 It is impossible for those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the coming age, and who have fallen away to be brought back to repentance. To their loss, they are crucifying the Son of God all over again and subjecting him to public disgrace. Land that drinks in the rain often falling on it and that produces a crop useful to those for whom it is farmed receives the blessing of God. But land that produces thorns and thistles is worthless and is in danger of being cursed. In the end, it will be burned. You said you wanted more. You said you wanted the solid food. Well, here it is. Well, this is just the beginning of it. But it is the beginning. And it's incredibly important. The sad thing is, most believers have glossed over this passage because most theologians have tried to do the same. Most teachers don't deal with the hard truth in this passage because it's hard. So we cling to our elemental understanding and miss out on the reality of what God's word says. There are some major arguments around this passage today. In fact, this is one of the passages that has caused some of the biggest divisions in the church for hundreds of years today, I'm not going to get into the arguments. We'll do that on Sunday. And yes, I am going to be blunt and to the point. I will not be pulling any punches. What we have done with these verses is an atrocity, and because of our twisting and manipulation of them, I believe the church of today is in grave danger. Too many people have a false sense of security who are not secure. But again, that's not for today. I grew up in the Wesleyan Church, which is Armenian in theology. I spent three years at Indiana Wesleyan University. This accounted for approximately the first 20 years of my life. I have spent nearly an equal amount of time since then in basically Baptist circles and attending Multnomah University who hold to Calvinist theology. This makes up the last 20 years of my life. I have been immersed in both camps. I have wrestled between these two camps my whole life. Most of my official theological education, including my degree in Bible and theology, has come from the Calvinist side. Most of my formative years were spent on the Arminian side. I have read books, listened to arguments, and studied both sides to the best of my ability. While I am certainly no expert, I do feel I am in some ways uniquely qualified to speak to the subject. I guess you might say I'm half and half, but... What I really have sought hard to do is let the Bible speak for itself. I know that sounds arrogant. It sounds like I'm putting myself above others who, from my point of view, have had to twist scriptures. But I assure you that is not my intent. I am not above any of them, and I do not belittle their knowledge. But there is a problem. When you are born and raised, trained, educated, mentored and so forth, only in the context of one side of an argument, you tend to only ever look at things from one point of view. We're all susceptible to the same problem no matter our level of education. It happens with theology, politics, economics, the environment, and every field of study you can think of. I wrote an article in my blog about this earlier this year called We See What We're Looking For. We tend to only look at life through our preconceived notions and evaluate or adjust everything accordingly. What do I mean? I mean that, for the most part, when someone holds to a Calvinist point of view, the tendency is to interpret the Bible through the lens of the theology I hold. And when I come to passages that contradict my theology, I have to find ways to explain away the contradiction. I have done this, and have heard this done so many times. This is a major problem in the church today. Following on the heels of yesterday's warning, we have stopped trying to understand the Bible. We are primarily trying to explain why the Bible agrees with our preconceived notions. We must start seeking to understand the scriptures for themselves. We must stop reading the Bible, looking for it to support an argument I want to make. That's not how you read the Bible we have to take into account the whole counsel of Scripture. Paul says in Acts twenty twenty seven, I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. But the problem is, too many of us aren't taking in the whole counsel of God. We are taking in the whole counsel of John, John Calvin or John Wesley, or whatever other theology you hold. And because we don't take in God's whole counsel, we set ourselves up for disaster, and I believe peril, and falling away from God. Uh Uh-oh, my cards are on the table now, no turning back. Jesus knew the whole counsel of God. And Jesus exemplifies the importance of the whole counsel. A verse almost no one has memorized could very well be the most important verse we need for our day, Matthew 4-7. Jesus answered him, the devil, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. It is also written, the devil has just quoted from the Bible and is using that against Jesus. If you are the son of God, the devil says, throw yourself down for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. It is also written. Do you know what is also written? I don't mean, do you know how to explain your position from scripture? I mean, do you know what the scripture actually says? It can be incredibly difficult to read scripture without laying over top of the words the matrix of our preconceived notions. But I believe the only way to have actual belief and faith is by doing just that. Otherwise, what is my faith in? This is a problem. Too many people, and by too many, I mean millions, have placed their primary faith in theology, not in the actual words of God. We don't seek to gain understanding anymore. We only seek to bolster our pre-existing beliefs. For too many Christians, and technically I should probably use the phrase so-called Christians, their primary faith and belief is in the theology they have been taught. And worse, it's in the second or third-hand theology they have received from others who have heard it from others who heard it from someone who was entrenched in that idea. Jesus said, it is also written. So then, do we know what is also written? When we get to a challenging idea like we did today, do we know what the Bible says about the topic? Or have we simply settled into our side of the argument? This passage lies at the center of the argument between those who believe in eternal security. By that, they mean you can never lose your salvation and apostasy or the loss of salvation. Can I ask you a question? If you read today's passage by itself, without forcing your preconceived notions on it, what do verses 4 through 8 say? Read them a few times and simply let the passage, especially in the context of everything we have learned over the past several weeks, speak for itself. What does it say when you just read it without imposing anything onto it? You see, the age of enlightenment, for all the good it did, has also done some harm to the church. Theological systems like these and others often called systematic theology. Systematic theology tends to try to organize God's word into systems Well, some of this can be good and enlightening, such as taking a theme like grace and tracing it through the Bible and seeing all the different ways it's used. But the danger comes in trying to fill in the gaps. When we try to create a logical system that perfectly explains in human terms everything the Bible says, we start having to rationalize and justify those passages that contradict. Pay careful attention to your gut reaction to my next few sentences. Your reaction will tell you what you believe. Does the Bible teach that Christians are eternally secure? Yes. Does the Bible teach that Christians can fall away? Yes. If you read the Bible, the Bible teaches both. You cannot argue that it doesn't. The only way to say the Bible doesn't is to rationalize and justify portions of Scripture, and we can't do that. We're not God. We're not allowed to make changes. So then, there is tension. What then do we do with the tension? Well, I teach that if there's tension, the tension is there for a reason. When there is tension, we should pay careful attention. And there is definitely tension here. Now, I would argue that a lot of the tension exists because of the pride of humans who think their way of thinking is right and the others' is wrong, but there is still tension in scripture around this idea. So what do we do with that? Which is it? It has to be one or the other, right? I mean, we can either lose our salvation or we are eternally secure, right? Well, would you look at that? We're out of time. I guess we'll have to deal with that on Sunday. www.thejesushabit.com